Hey, y'all. I just wanted to come to you with a real quick message. I'm super excited because I'm starting a new podcast and it's going to be called Molly, You in Danger Girl. So we are going to talk about all things horror related. So horror short stories. We're going to give horror movie reviews because not only am I a murderino, I love horror. Who would have thought it? (laughs) Anyway, right now I just am compiling a couple episodes because I want to come out with a few episodes for you so you don't be like, girl, why you come out with one episode? What's that going to do for me? I got y'all. So in the meantime, make sure you follow me on Instagram and it's called Molly You're in Danger Podcast. But it's just the letters M-Y-I-D-G Podcast. One more time. That's M-Y-I-D-G Podcast. So get yourself ready. Get situated because we got some new shit coming and it's finna pop. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Hey y'all, and welcome back to In Killing Color. This is episode number 31, and today we're going to talk about a pretty hard case to discuss because it pretty much hit the city of Cleveland pretty hard, and it was actually, it was actually awful. So today we're going to talk about the case of Anaya Day and her mother, Sierra. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of people talk about this. A lot of people know about this. But by the end of this episode, you will know all about it. Let's get into it. These are their stories. On March 11th, 2018, the Euclid police officers called were called to an apartment complex off Lakeshore Boulevard, and there was a complaint about a four-year-old girl who was not breathing. So the medics came to the scene, and when they got there, they noticed that the girl had burns on her body, and there was a massive black bruise on her left eye. Now, of course, this is awkward and weird for a four-year-old girl to just have massive body burns and a bruise on her left eye. When they got there, they noticed that the girl was unresponsive. Now, they took Anaya. Her name was Anaya Day Garrett. They took her to a neighboring hospital, and then later that day, she was pronounced dead. And of course, that death was ruled a homicide. When the EMS got there, she had no heart activity, and according to the nurse, when she got there, she was already dead. So, When they got to the house, she was dead. But, you know, they have to do all the proper procedures and take all the precautions. But she was already dead when they got there. So um, one of the people from the medical examiner's office said that based on his observations, the small girl was only skin and bones. He said that her pupils were dilated. Her mouth was open. She was bruised, fragile, stiff and cold. Now, this is the part that when I first heard about the story that just like blew me the fuck away. They said that Anaya died from a stroke induced by a blow to her head about 10 to 12 weeks before she was admitted to the hospital. This little four-year-old girl had a stroke. 
me say it again, at the age of four, due to a blow to the head about 10 to 12 weeks prior. I'm literally disgusted even reading that again. The coroner's office also noticed that she was underweight, malnourished, 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 and that she had blood vessels that were ripped in her head. I'm gonna let y'all marinate on that for a second because it's a four-year-old, sweet-faced little girl. Can you even fucking imagine? I cannot because I'm not that kind of person. But apparently Sierra was. So, Anaya, the little girl, she was born on September the 12th, 2013. And then following her birth, Sierra and her mom, Sierra, Anaya, and her dad, Michael, they all lived together. Now, they were not married, but when they, when Anaya was less than like two years old, they broke up. And the mom, Sierra, got full custody of Anaya and the dad paid child support and had some visitation. So in January of 2016, Sierra and Anaya moved to this place called the Harbor Crest Apartments in Euclid, Ohio. Now, the dad had custody of her on the weekends almost every other week. And he was saying like during the court trials that he um, he and his new fiance had started seeing bruises on Anaya's chest and her lower back when she would come over for the visits. So he asked about the bruises and he said that Anaya told him, mommy pushed me up the stairs. So at this point, Michael starts taking pictures of the bruises and reported the bruises to the police. Now, he also said that he discovered that Anaya had a loose tooth that was starting to rot. So if anybody has children or shit, if you got teeth, you know, if a tooth is loose in your mouth, for way too long or there's nothing being taken care of that tooth that tooth is going to rot because it needs to come the fuck out so Michael confronted Sierra about the bruises and the tooth but of course Sierra was not able to provide any type of explanation for any of these things she was just like oh I don't know I don't know what could happen girl you know right the fuck what was happening so at that point Sierra goes to the court and gets a temporary protection order against Michael so that he could not visit his daughter. And that's how you knew Sierra was on some bullshit from the beginning. So during like the court trial and stuff, Sierra's brother, his name is Isaiah, and her sister Erica, they both testified that when Sierra got with a new man named Deontay Lewis in July 2017, they think that Deontay Lewis was kind of like controlling of her. They started living together and they were together literally every day, all day. If you saw Sierra, you saw Deontay. And then before Sierra started dating Deontay, you know, Anaya would see her relatives on her mom's side all the time. And she acted like a regular, normal two, three, four year old child should act. But once Sierra became involved with Deontay, Sierra stopped going around the family. And when Anaya was around the family a little bit, she was withdrawn and she started acting weird. 
Her sister then testified that she noticed that Anaya had started losing a little bit of weight. And then she says, you know, I thought that maybe it just had something to do with her getting older, getting a little bit taller. You know, when like kids grow and stuff, they slim out, as we like to say. Oh, yeah, she's slimming out. She slimmed out. And that's what they thought. But at there was a point where you could see her stomach like extending. And that was probably the key to where, you know, this is not normal child growth. This is some bullshit at this point. So once the dad got involved, you know, he started calling CPS because that's what a concerned parent does. She was Anaya. And when I say she, Anaya was in a daycare called the Harbor Crest Daycare. And they started noticing like when she first got there, she was an energetic, outgoing little girl. She was happy. And this was when they met her in 2016 and early 2017. So they said that she was verbal Meaning that when she had to go to the bathroom or do something, she would tell them, you know, she had conversations. She could explain what she needed or anything like that. But then the daycare said that after a while, her behavior started to change a little bit. They said that after her birthday on July the 30th, she didn't act interact with any of the other kids at the daycare. So it was just a normal child's party. Everybody was kicking and having fun because you know how kids' birthday parties be. And the kids were being watched by the adults. They were playing in the pool, having fun. But Anaya was kind of just like off to herself, chilling on the side, not really interacting with anybody else. And they knew that based on her previous behavior, that was not like her. So then they started noticing that she would come to school often with like bruises and scratches. And they said that they would make a report every time because, you know, the daycare can get in trouble if something happens and they didn't notate it. So... They started notating these things, making observations, and every time they had a new injury, they would note it. And they said, you know, sometimes she had way too many bumps and bruises. Every time that she came in and they saw something, they would ask her. And Anaya would literally say, mommy did it, or she would say, mommy hit me, or mommy hurt me. Now at this point, it's giving, I'm calling the dad, and then I'm calling the CPS from the daycare mama bypass all that shit i'm calling everybody okay so on may the 15th of 2017 anaya came to daycare and she had a scrape across her face so a lady named michelle marshall she was one of the workers at the daycare she asked anaya what happened and she said that sierra the mom was right there and she told her oh mm, she fell at the park okay so then once the mama left the daycare worker went back to anaya and asked her what happened and she said that mommy pushed me so then the daycare worker says you know pushed you how like did she push you down the slide or something she said no mommy pushed me down the steps yo mama pushed you down the steps <laughs> so the daycare worker recorded that reported it and gave it to the daycare facility so Three days later, on May the 18th, in 2017, Anaya came to the daycare and she complained to that same worker, Miss Michelle, that her head was hurting. Michelle looked at her head and she discovered blood blisters on her head and dried blood near her ear. So as usual, Michelle was like, girl, what happened to you? And Anaya said, mommy hit me, mommy hurt me, yet again. So at this point, Michelle went to the daycare owner and was like, look, we gotta do something. So the daycare owner called the police 
and reported a suspected case of child abuse, as they should have. They then take the baby from the daycare to the hospital and the daycare lady followed behind her in the car and they all got there. The emergency room said that Anaya's head was bleeding because her braids were too tight. First of all, okay, everybody knows braids be tight. You might get a little something, but you're not gonna have blood coming from your ear from no goddamn braids. That's what you're not gonna have. But while Anaya was there, she kept saying that her mama caused the injury and nobody was paying attention to this little girl. Okay, and it's just, it's giving, I don't like the way that people don't listen to children because sometimes, yeah, kids be lying. But when kids be hurt, kids don't be lying. You be like, look, don't tell your mama I did that. They gonna tell every time. So the family starts hearing these information, hearing these things, and they're like, you know, we always knew that Anaya did not like Deontay because Deontay was very possessive over Sierra. He tried to control everything, and it was just like, Anaya, you know, kids have a spirit of discernment. If they find somebody and see somebody that's not on the up and up, they're not going to deal with them, and they're going to shy away from them, for sure. So... During the trial, one day, Isaiah, her brother, testified that in 2018, him and Sierra were hanging out at a friend's house. Now, they were having a little conversation, chopping it up or whatever, but in the midst of the conversation, Sierra mentioned that Anaya couldn't walk. Now, this little girl is three years old, three and a half, four. She said that she can't walk. So later that night, Deontay came to the party, and then Isaiah, the brother, noticed that he was a little bit nervous, like he had done something. You know how somebody looked a little skittish, like, oh, mm, I had done something, some shit with some bullshit. But, you know, y'all know the skittish vibes. Y'all know. The brother then, at that point, was like, you know, he's a little bit concerned about a nice safety. And he decided to go to the apartment to check on the baby. So Isaiah then said that when he went to the apartment, Deontay and Sierra were both there. And when he came to check under there, up under there, came to check on her, he was like, yeah, I'm just coming over to kick it, hang out. So he went and grabbed a bottle of liquor, came over to kick it in the living room, had a little conversation before he asked about Anaya. He was like, hey, so what's up with Anaya? Sierra was like, oh, she's in the room. He was like, oh, I'm about to go check up on niece. Let me go. So then he says when he goes to the door, he sees her laying on the bed. And then he was like, it dawned on him when Sierra said that she can't walk. He was like, I don't believe that. So then he demonstrated how she was laying down and she was just kind of laying flat, you know, just literally laying flat. And he said, hey, are you okay? And I'm, he was like, are you cool? And she was like, yeah. Everything seemed like maybe she was just laying down. But also Sierra had told him that she couldn't walk. So he was like, well, maybe she had like an ankle injury or something. So... He kind of left it alone because he was like, you know, children, if they can't walk, they can't walk. But at which point, why the fuck can't she walk? What happened to her to why she can't walk? So then Isaiah went to the kitchen and he was talking to Sierra about, hey, like, what's going on with this little girl? Sierra told him everything was good, but she said that, you know, Anaya was not eating too much. She was not. She just was eating uh, because she had a goddamn stroke. She can't walk. She needs help doing all these things. <laughs> Duh. So, 
On March the 11th, 2018, Deontay called 911 to report that Anaya was unresponsive. A, uh, the fire department and the paramedic that responded to the call, he also testified that Deontay opened the door to the apartment when he came. He said that he went in the apartment, he found Anaya laying on the floor underneath an air conditioner that was running. And he says that he remembers it being really, really, really cold outside. So why in the fuck was there an air conditioner blowing directly on a child's body? It's giving, we don't want it to be warm in here and we don't want the smell to start because we all listen to crime and we know when it's hot, it speeds up decomposition. So if it's cold, it's going to delay it. Right? Yes. So they noticed that when they walked in, they also smelled a very strong smell of bleach when they came in. And there also was a small smell of decomposition coming from Anaya's mouth while they were performing CPR. Now, as a medical worker, you know what somebody that is unalive smells like. Everybody in the general population does not know that, but they do. So they're trying to perform CPR on this child where the man said she was unresponsive when whole time she was already dead. So he also noticed that outside of the smell that Anaya's jaw and her body was stiff with rigor mortis. So according to Dr. Joseph Filo, who is a forensic pathologist in that county's medical center, he says that rigor mortis develops quickly and generally disappears within a day and a half after death. So that means that that little girl had actually been dead for at least a day when they came. He then testified that Lewis identified himself as Anaya's stepfather. And when they interviewed Sierra, she told them that she had stopped eating and became sick after the family went to Red Lobster one week, the week before. Now she got sick after going to Red Lobster and she stopped eating. She said that Sierra was also telling them that that same morning, Anaya was on the toilet using the bathroom and she fell over and she hit her head. And that's when they said that they found her on the ground unresponsive. So they're saying she got sick at Red Lobster, stopped eating. She was on the toilet. She fell over and was unresponsive because she hit her head. Meanwhile, when they found her, she had black eyes. And burns on her body. I didn't know eating red lobster gives you burns. And I didn't know that eating red lobster gave you a black eye. Now, <clears throat> the EMS did take a night to the hospital, like I mentioned earlier. But while they did that, the actual police got a search warrant to search the apartment. Lewis was there and he gave them a key. And when they came in, they took pictures of a nice bed because the bed had no sheets, no pillow, no bedding, and she only had one single like fleece blanket on the bed. And they also noticed that the mattress strongly smelled of urine. And I guess that would be in line with her not being able to walk because if she can't walk, she can't get up to go to the bathroom. She's just gonna go to the bathroom exactly where she is. Now there was a detective, her name was Jennifer Krozak, and she was the lead detective in this case. She listened to the recording of Deontay's 911 call to the police. Now, she asked when there was if there was any observations made while listening to the call. And she said she noticed that there was no excitement in the voice of the callers. Both of the defendants had spoken during the call, but there was no panic. It was very flat. 
and it was not what she would have expected for a medical emergency for a four-year-old child that stopped breathing. Now, everybody reacts to things differently, so I can't really say how everybody would react. But since it's my show, I'm going to say how I would react. If my four-year-old at the time child was unresponsive, it's giving incoherent. It's giving yell. I, uh, I don't know. My baby. Uh, something. Because a concerned parent would be panicked that their four-year-old child was unresponsive. But they were not. And then the dispatcher that took the call, they went back and listened to it. They realized it took Deontay three minutes and 53 seconds to even mention that Anaya was not even breathing after he called. So you chatted with 911 for three minutes and 53 seconds prior to telling them, oh, by the way, this is actually why I called. Uh, she's not breathing. What? Like, you're making yourself look way more guilty, even though we know you was guilty. Three minutes? What y'all was talking about? The weather? Giving her your address for three minutes? What the fuck was y'all talking about for three minutes and 53 seconds? Now, the detective authenticated the photos of her body that was taken there at the crime scene. And they said, like I said before, she was extremely emaciated and she was skeletal. There was obvious signs of trauma and abuse, including a deep, dark bruise over her entire eye that was swollen shut. But she got sick and fell off the toilet because of Red Lobster, right? There was also a one inch laceration above her eyelid and Anaya had burns on lower extremities and bruises on her lower body as well. So the lead detective then took the videos and the pictures, reviewed all the information, and she also got the phone records of Sierra and Deontay. And she found on the video on the phone at 3.28 p.m. on March the 11th, there was a video of Deontay and Sierra having sex the day before Anaya was found dead. So they're in the room getting busy while baby girl is in the room completely unalive. They also found a surveillance video from a nearby Chipotle where Deontay and Sierra purchased two burrito bowls at 6.34 p.m. on March the 10th. So not only did you get your buns clapped at 3.28 p.m. while your daughter was dead, you went out and had a celebratory bowl of Chipotle after. No remorse. No regard for human life. Let me just go get this Chipotle after I got my buns clapped because it was busting, okay? Mm-mm. The medical examiner performed an autopsy on Anaya's body, and he estimated that Anaya had been dead for at least a day and a half at the time of the autopsy. So that goes along with the line of what I just said. Anaya literally weighed 26 pounds. And her skin was loose because she had lost muscle and fat below the skin. She had that bruise on her right eye. She had a slash on her forehead that was approximately like one week old. And the black eye she had came literally two days before her death. She had some abrasions on her left arm and her back. And some of her skin had sloughed off 
under her feet and her legs, and she also had bed sores on her lower legs. So if you go back and think about what I said earlier, they said that Anaya had a head injury possibly 10 to 12 weeks prior to her dying. Now, if that was 10 to 12 weeks, I am familiar with stroke because my mother had one and she could not walk. So if she was laying there still, of course she's gonna get bed sores and things like that. And her body was just gonna basically eat itself alive trying to keep itself alive. And that's what it sounds like was happening. They also showed <clears throat> during the pause, <clears throat> <clears throat> they also showed during the autopsy that she had a subdural hematoma or a blood clot in the brain following blunt trauma, some sort of blunt trauma to the left side of her head. That particular trauma caused pressure to build up on her brain, which caused her to have the stroke. He estimated that the stroke would have happened somewhere between two weeks and three months prior to her death which also goes back to when I said 10 to 12 weeks. This injury also caused a lack, of, a lack of oxygen in her brain and that caused the back part of her brain to basically die. And the back part of the brain controls muscle coordination, which is why Anaya could not walk. Pause. <coughs> Girl. Ooh. <clears throat> Now, according to Dr. Philo, like I said, her body slowly started withering her way after the stroke because the brain damage basically had her, she was incapacitated. And the starvation she had, had her, her organs basically deteriorating. Her lungs were literally collapsed because she could not take deep breaths. Her pancreas was digesting itself because she was not eating. She also found that she had an acute hemorrhagic hemorrhagic gastrophy basically she had stomach ulcers because she had excessive stomach acid due to not having food the doctor then said that any person would have known that she was dying because she was unable to walk because she had these injuries her face was gaunt and emaciated and it was obvious that she was dying and her mom and Deontay just let her lay there and die now of course when the police interviewed Deontay and Sierra both of them gave two different versions of what happened. One said she got sick after going to Red Lobster and she fell in the toilet. Another one said she stopped eating and was acting sick the day after. And then when Deontay called the 911 that time, they said she needed to go to the bathroom. And that's when she fell and became unresponsive. When, to be quite honest, if we're reading all this the whole time, we knew she was already laid in bed and they wasn't giving a fuck about her. They left that little girl in that room to rot and die while they went to Chipotle and got a burrito bowl. Sierra also said that the reason the air conditioner was on Anaya because Anaya had said that the apartment was too hot, but it was cold outside. So how was the apartment too hot? You're a child, it's not hot. Sierra said that Anaya said she wanted to take a bath. So Sierra drew a bath for her. But then the next interview, Sierra said that she tried to use the toilet on the own, her own, like I said, and became unresponsive. So everybody lying, everybody trying to cover up. Y'all didn't sit down to come up with a cohesive plan or a story. And now y'all are fucked. 
Now, the first responders, like I said, they found her laying under an air conditioner with the air blowing directly on her. But at the same time, Anaya was literally wearing a winter coat, winter hat, pants, and socks. So if she was hot, why she got on a jacket, pants, and a hat? They said that the apartment had been cleaned recently. They could smell cleaning supplies like bleach, my favorite fabuloso, and they smelled rotting meat, which also means there was decomposition there. They showed that there was a host of cleaning supplies with bleach, carpet cleaner, window cleaner, and all this type of stuff laid up on the counter. And there was a vacuum cleaner plugged in near the kitchen. And there was also a broom leaning against the kitchen wall. Now, that doesn't, I mean, we already know what happened, but maybe they was just cleaning. We don't know, but this is what we do know. There was no food in the apartment's refrigerator. And there was two half-eaten Chipotle bowls in the microwave. The sheets had then been stripped off Anaya's bed. And like they said earlier, the mattress was strongly smelling of urine. And we know why. They also were going through the house and they found some paperwork from the juvenile court that had been ripped up and thrown into the trash can. And on this paperwork, Anaya's dad, Michael, was actively trying to seek custody of Anaya at the time. Now, we know that the dad had reported these things and he was trying to get custody. But apparently, CPS was too goddamn busy doing whatever the fuck they were doing to check in on this girl. Because had they done a home visit, they would have found her before the 911 call was made. It's possible she could have been taken to the hospital and treated, but I don't know because her being four years old and having a massive stroke, she may not have survived that anyway. I'm not sure. The sad part in all this is the dad. He was trying to get his baby away from that mom because he knew what type of time she was on with Deontay, but she went and filed a restraining order against him so he could not see that baby. And a lot of this to me sounds like a lot of emotional manipulation on the part of Deontay. They weren't, she wasn't an old girl. Sierra was in her 20s. So with a man that had the right mouthpiece, I'm sure he could finagle her and wrangle her into thinking something was a whole nother situation. It's sad as fuck that it had to come to the loss of this little girl's life for anybody to see what was actually happening. The daycare tried to prevent it. The dad tried to prevent it. But as fucking usual, CPS was on that bullshit and they blew it. They fucking blew it. Now this little girl at the age of four had a stroke. She was starved to death. And she died wearing a jacket, a hat, and pants, laying under a goddamn air conditioner in the middle of winter. Of course, the jury found all these motherfuckers guilty. Deontay was guilty of one count of aggravated murder, one count of murder, one count of felonious assault, one count of permitting child abuse, three counts of child endangerment, and one count of tampering with evidence. He was sentenced to life in prison with the eligibility of parole in 20 years. Why? 20 years? Why? 
he's only going to be in his 40s. So he can still get out and do this to a whole other person. Now, Sierra, she got all those same charges. But she was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. As she should have been. But the shitty part about all this is I was watching some YouTubes about her and the case. And the way she sat there and looked, you could tell she did not give a motherfuck about none of this. She literally was sitting there looking like, child, when is going to be over? Like, I really don't give a goddamn. Meanwhile, the dad is there crying his heart out. The family is crying their heart out. Everybody is sad as hell because this little girl suffered for the last four months of her life fucking suffered and this bitch sitting here like let me get back to myself because i got stuff to do i need to get my hair braided girl i wish i knew what was going on in jail i wish i knew what was happening because sierra you deserve all the smoke all the flames you deserve anything that comes to you in jail. Prayers going out to Michael and the rest of his family and Anaya's other family. This should not have happened. And like I have with every child case that has to do with CPS, CPS, y'all are to blame as well. From what I'm gathering, the people that were involved in the case have been fired because they weren't shit and they didn't do what they were supposed to do well-deserved, you motherfuckers. I bet you their identity is kept under wraps because they already know this case was hard for that city. So they probably run around, move, like, I can't let nobody find out that was me. I bet, you bitch. Ooh. Ooh. Girl, this is a hard one. You know, talking about cases with kids be wearing me out because I got kids. Like, I cannot see me let my sweet baby lay in the bed dying. And a man being like, mm, girl, let's go to Chipotle and get a burrito bowl. Boy, fuck you in that burrito bowl. I don't want that shit. Anyway, <laughs> thank y'all for listening. Can't wait to come back next week with a brand new episode because you know we come back every week. Thank you for listening. And I will talk to y'all next time. Bye.